Hey friends! I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible, and that you're taking care of all the people and pets and plants that are important to you. Last night, my wife and I hosted a Friendsgiving at our home for eight of her co-workers. And for those who don't know, my activities above and beyond holding down a regular full-time job and being a dad and a dog owner, I'm also a senior writer for the music blog Surviving the Golden Age and a self-published author with 11 novels under my belt, but the one activity that I participate in that my wife's co-workers wanted to talk with me about, above and beyond all the things I just mentioned, was this podcast. Yeah, and look, the last thing I want to do, especially with people I don't know well at a dinner that my wife and I are hosting, is alienate guests by talking about something they cannot relate to. But in this case, they wanted to know. How often do you do your show? I do it every week. Do you do it by yourself? No, I'm fortunate to have a wonderful collaborator in Des Moines, Iowa, who has her own 10-minute segment within the show. Do you have guests? Yes, sometimes we do have guests. Folks, I can't tell you how proud I am of this show. I love doing it. I love that people are listening. I love that people are interested. And uh, does it surprise me that folks want to talk with me about people are the enemy above and beyond the other things I do? Kinda. I've been writing books for just under 15 years. I've only been doing this podcast for five. I have to guess that it's easier for strangers to relate to podcasting over writing because more people are listening to podcasts on a regular basis than are reading books. And I also have to guess that if I was, say, a stand-up comedian or I played a character on a TV sitcom, Strangers would sooner ask me about those endeavors than they would ask me about People Are the Enemy, because it's easier for strangers to relate to a performer or a television show character than it is for them to relate to a weekly audio-only comedy and music podcast. Or podcast. (laughs) Folks, you're listening to the People Are the Enemy podcast. I'm the host of the show. My name is Andy Mascola. There are no ads on this program, and there is no Patreon set up for it. The only thing I've ever asked of listeners is if you love this program, and if you'd like to help support it and myself monetarily and get yourself or the reader in your life some excellent fiction, the best way to do that is to purchase any or all of my novels. I'm the author of 11 self-published books that are all currently available for purchase worldwide in both paperback and ebook formats via Amazon. And if you don't use Amazon, you can find all 11 of my titles in ebook format at Google Play. Just search my last name, which is spelled M-A-S-C-O-L-A. That's how you'll find me on Google Play. If you've already purchased any or all of my stories, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. the enemy listeners you are now rocking with the best that's right hope you're doing well out there hope you're feeling okay 
Are you getting ready for the holiday week coming up? Do you have it off? If you're living uh, in the States, maybe you have Thanksgiving plans. Maybe you don't. Do you even eat turkey? I don't. I'm a tofurkey man. You know what? I love it. Is that weird? I think I ate a whole tofurkey in the last 24 hours. For real. My wife bought a tofurkey for our Friendsgiving. And I had it for dinner. I had it for breakfast this morning. And then I had it for lunch. There's a warning sign, alright. This guy is eating synthetic turkey. <laughs> for those who don't know, that was Talking Heads, the song Warning Sign, from their amazing album, what? More songs about people and food? I think that's what it's called. <laughs> that's a good one, man. That's a great album. When Eno was producing Talking Heads, it was amazeballs. But uh, evidently, Eno got hungry for the cabbage. At least that was, uh, ooh, excuse me. At least that was Chris France's uh, estimation in his, uh, in his book. That memoir that he published uh, talked about how Eno would say, okay, well, uh, I'll record your next album, but I'm going to need a plane to take me from here to here, and I'm going to need this much money to do this and this much money to do that. And Talking Heads was like, you know what, we'll, we're going to find somebody else. <laughs> was it worth it? I think so. Eno's a genius, man. He's incredible. You know, I was thinking about this today. How many things come from America that are just, like, amazing? You know, like Talking Heads, incredible band. Amazing albums, right? And they're American. That's really cool. Devo, around the same time, came up around the same time as the Talking Heads, albeit from Ohio, of all places. But it's so weird, man. Devo are so out there in terms of, you know, the con concept, what they're doing visually, the music that they're playing. The outfits, everything. You know, the aesthetic, obviously. And you forget, those guys are from Ohio. That's incredible, right? Damn. You gotta be proud of these things, you know? American cheese is delicious. <laughs> I do love American cheese. <laughs> oh my gosh. You know what I heard uh, today while I was in the supermarket? I, by the way, I think I've been in four supermarkets in the last 24 hours. This Friendsgiving my wife and I hosted took up a lot of our time. My wife's most especially, but uh, I was the person that if she needed something, if she forgot something, I'd go out and get it. So, yeah, I was, uh, I was visiting a lot of supermarkets and buying two or three products and then running them home until she needed something else, but... I was, I was in line at a supermarket, and I heard that song that you may know. I think it's from, like, 1981 or so, and it goes, uh, We had it all, we had it all, just like Bogey and Bacall. <laughs> you know that tune, man? You always hear the weirdest, most awful songs in the supermarket. We can find it once again, I know. Sailing away, why am I singing it like Kermit the Frog? Sailing away like you are, go, Miss Piggy. 
<laughs> and I was thinking to myself, where the hell, like what, like or when the hell was this song made? And then the movies that they're referencing, obviously Key Largo. Like when was that made? And what would be the equivalent today? You know what I mean? So I did a little, little math. I went on Wikipedia and I did a little math, and I found out it was like. <laughs> It was like a song that, I like, sorry, the song is based on like a film that was out like just like a little over 30 years prior. It would be like, it would almost be like, like somebody writing a song about like Reservoir Dogs now. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Characters in Reservoir Dogs, which doesn't seem like that long ago. You know what I mean? And I was like, I was like, that's a, that's a weird thing, man. That's an odd thing. <laughs> Makes me feel old. But, uh, uh, well, here we are. But, uh, my goodness. Lot, okay, lots of leftovers in the house, or what we're dealing with. Lots of junk I've been eating amidst the, uh, the tofurkey. And, uh, and yeah, that's what's happening around here. I had some clips I wanted to play. I was going to play you this audio uh, from a, uh, like an isolated vocal track, and I started off the, I tried starting the show with it, and I was like, you know what, this isn't working. I might keep it for another time, though. I'm not going to tell you what it was. It'll be a little surprise later. I'll pop that on you. Okay, you want to get into some clips? Because I've got some good ones. I don't have a whole lot of stories. The, uh, the majority of my week has been spent writing, helping my wife prepare for this Friendsgiving dinner that she'd had put on last night. That we'd put on last night. Uh, reading. And uh, working. But uh, I did find some great clips that I wanted to share with you today. So, so uh, if you would, please. Uh, ooh. The music. Por favor. Whenever there's trouble, whenever the double, we're not the If you've got the crime, we've got the time. We're not the Thank you. Okay, what are we going to start with here? Oh, I got a good one. Okay. This is fun. This is a woman, I gotta check my notes on this, because there's some background. Okay, this is a woman, maybe you saw her on TikTok. She uh, appears to be of Asian descent. Her name is Feli Morrison, and her husband's name is Rusty. And she, are, I should say they are, they're an adorable couple. And Feli is uh, a, a bit of a, um, a vlogger, basically, you know, talking about her life. And uh, she'd had this adorable TikTok that went up, and I thought it was so cute. It was basically her filming herself and her husband, Rusty, out and about. And this couple looks to be, ooh, um, 70s? Maybe even early 80s? They're up there, you know? But they seem very, uh, very in love and very uh, happy with their life, and Feli wanted to share it with the world. This, this TikTok clip that I'm about to play has been, at this point, viewed 10.2 million times. Yeah, so again, you may have seen it if you're on that social media app. But this is a, a, a woman named Feli Morrison and her husband, Rusty. And Feli uh, will be narrating. Check this out. It's a lot of fun. This is, me, this is me and my husband, Rusty. We are out in the house. We go shopping. We, go to, we do everything together. We do shopping together. We go to the grocery together. We sleep together. Yes. And we, we eat together. We do everything together. together. Yes. We even shower time. 
we go, we, we do the It's a little personal, Feli. Together the shower. <laughs> and that's, that's my husband, Rusty. He's Rusty. So we are going the to car. the mall and, and to the shop, to the grocery to buy something. I don't know, I don't know why they have the signal light on. You hear that ticking away? <laughs> it looks like a beautiful car. And Rusty is driving, and Feli is, uh, is documenting and narrating, as you can hear. But, uh, yeah, she's obviously divulging a lot of information. <clears throat> Excuse me, I gotta get some water here. Let me take a swig of this. You can listen to a little more of this. Check this out. For my family to come tonight. We do all the things together. That's right. Phil. That's right. I, I like love it. you, Rusty. I love you, Feli. See, he's driving, but he's answering me. That's how we love each other. Yes. We do the things together. Yes. Everything. Yes. Together. Even shower together. We sleep together. <laughs> we eat together. We go, we go shopping together. Mm -hmm. We go to the grocery together. Like like now we are in the grocery. This is me and my husband. There. We are in the... They're, they're a very cute couple. And and he may be exactly what you picture. If I'd heard his voice without seeing him, and then seeing him, I would. This is what I would picture. He's a um, again older gentleman. Um, he wears one of those little little uh, uh, caps that older fellows uh, tend to wear. I don't know. I don't know what you call it, like a kangol. I guess is the best way to describe it. And sunglasses. And uh, he's clean shaven. Um, but, uh, and, uh, yeah, and she's adorable also. Uh, black hair comes down to just about her shoulders. Um, uh, very becoming look. Glasses. And, uh, yeah, we'll let this clip finish up, but I thought this was adorable. I'm going to play a little bit more of it for you. Check it out. Parking lot. And he's going to open the, the door for me. Yes, I open the door for my queen. Yes, she always opened the door for me. That's how he loved me. That's how I love him. We do all together things. We do all together things together. Isn't that cute? I thought that was so fun. <laughs> and if you're looking for that, and I, I, I don't know, like, again, you may have already seen it. I may be, I, this was posted four days ago, so I may be late to this. But if you're looking for it on TikTok, it's Feli Morrison, F-E-L-Y. M-O-R-R-I-S-O-N-7-5. Now, I have to assume that that 75 at the end of Feli's uh, profile name is not the, the year she was born. I mean, <laughs> that, may be, that may be her age when she started the, uh, the, uh, the, her TikTok account. That would seem to make sense. That seems to jibe with the, uh, her appearance um, as they do look to be in their 70s, again, or perhaps 80s. But very, very cute. I love that. Uh, I love their love. Uh, the other thing I wanted to play was music-related. I really enjoyed this, and uh, I thought this was uh, pretty astute and interesting. It's a, a gentleman by the name of Tyler, the Creator. You may know Tyler, the Creator, from uh, Odd Future, the rap collective. And uh, obviously his solo albums. He's put out now, what, like five solo albums that are all... They progressively get better and better. Last year's album that... Uh, shoot, what is it called? I got it over here. I can't believe I forgot the name of this thing. Hang on one second. <sighs> what the hell was the name of that album? I was literally just listening to it. Tyler the Creator. 
Call Me If You Get Lost. Excellent, excellent album. If you like hip-hop. If you don't like hip-hop, maybe it won't be for you. But uh, one of my favorite albums uh, from, uh, what, last year? Did that come out or was it the year before? It's hard to tell. Everything seems to kind of blend together. <laughs> to quote Felly. <laughs> but yeah, this is, okay, so this is Tyler, the creator, being interviewed by uh, the great Nardwar, the human serviette, Canadian interviewer extraordinaire. And Tyler is, um, is making a plea, if you will, for albums to be released on Tuesdays again. Now, I don't know if you knew this, but new music used to come out on Tuesdays. And uh, for whatever reason, all the distributors decided that Friday would be a better day. But Tyler seems to think we should go back to Tuesdays. And he's got some interesting reasoning for it. I want you to check this out. I thought this was pretty uh, thoughtful. This is Tyler, the creator, being interviewed by Nardwar, the human serviette. And Tyler is uh, making a plea for uh, music to be released on Tuesdays rather than Fridays. I think we should put music out again on Tuesdays instead of Fridays for some reasons. What do y'all think? So I, my reasoning is... Um, I know people think because of the because of because of the weekend they could listen to stuff and streams go up and the streaming people are like oh streams go up on the weekend but I think it's a lot of passive listening uh, at parties or people get the time to go to the gym so they're not really listening um, and people on the weekends they want to chill and just hang out so they're not really listening but I think if you put it out during the week man that commute to work or that commute to school or uh, just whatever that is, you really have those that hour, thirty minutes of to really dive in and really listen. Because you know, once that's over, you got to get to work. Da da da. Um, and I think when that time is shorter, kind of like procrastination, you get more done, even with listening. And um, to work on an album for so long and put so much energy to it, and for it to be released at midnight, and I'm talking about America because this is where I'm for it to be released at midnight just seems so disrespectful. Like. People are asleep on the East Coast for the most part, and people are going to sleep on the West, and that's when you decide to release music. Like, I think it coming out in the morning would just make more sense. Um, but that, that, that's just me personally. Um, yeah, I don't know how you guys feel about that. You could talk just so I don't feel crazy if it's a dumb idea, but I don't know, man. I just really love music. I don't know if I articulated myself. Isn't that great? I, I, I thought, I think that's pretty pretty astute. An astute observation. It's something I hadn't even considered, but I suppose he's right. Like going into the weekend, if you you're getting new music on a Friday, you know you're you're more listening to it passively, or perhaps even in, you know, at a party or whatnot. And he's suggesting that I suppose getting brand new albums on a Tuesday, people will be listening in their cars on the way to way to work at work during the week and uh, more listening more intently. And, uh, yeah, interesting, interesting thing. I don't, I, 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 I guess I'm a little confused at his point about music being released, um, during, you know, at midnight, as he suggested, because I, I, from what I understand, I thought music was released and he seems to suggest it's released on Friday going into Saturday at midnight, or at least that's the way it sounded like, or, or maybe I'm just misunderstanding, but it is released on Friday morning, so people who do work on Fridays can't listen to new music on their way to work, you know? Um, so I was a little bit confused there. But interesting, interesting thoughts. I, I used to love it because Tuesdays would be new music day, and then Wednesday, 
would be new comic book day. And Wednesdays is still comic book days in America. We still get all our new new comics on Wednesday for those comic book geeks like myself. Um, but yeah, music is now on a Friday, but there's a plea from Tyler, the creator, perhaps to consider moving it back to Tuesday. Interesting. Interesting. Folks, that's about it for me. I'm going to hand things off now to our friend, Rachel from Des Moines. And she is going to give you the chart chat. So, without any further ado, take it away, Rachel. Thanks, Andy. Hello, and welcome back to Rachel's Chart Chat for another week. Thanks to everyone who listened last week. I got some great comments from Sherry, Tavy, Mary, Jeffrey, Jill, and Bob. I'm actually so curious what it took back then to get a TV theme released as a commercial single. Mainly if it was pro- a proactive thing or reactive, like if people started asking their local record shops or DJs for it. For example, after Tavy mentioned it as being her fave, I looked up Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now, the theme from Perfect Strangers, and found that the artist, David Pomeranz, had a page on Discogs, but there had been no single release for that one. Or the eternal mystery of why no Law & Order single release, even though Mike Post had so much chart success with his TV themes. Maybe if they do a documentary on him someday, we can find out. I would like to thank the chart chatters who stopped by the VJ Big Suit Twitch stream last Tuesday. It was great to see you all as your handles lit up in the chat. Come back anytime, 8 to 10 Central Time on Tuesdays, and the new uh, one on the first Thursday of the month. In the spirit of being honest with my feelings, as I was last week and you guys handled that well, I have to say I've been lacking the get up and go to build out the two Hot 100 charts each week in the big playlist, so that has hampered getting back in the swing of the usual segment. I thank everyone for their continued understanding on it. For the rest of our time this week, I want to give my thoughts on a recent concert I saw with a focus on the charts. On Friday, November 17th, I went to see Little River Band at a local venue in Des Moines called Hoyt Sherman Place. Uh, That's a theater that's on the National Register of Historic Places, and 2023 is its 100th year in operation. The opening act was the group Shooting Star from Kansas City, and their set was over an hour long, which surprised me and in fact annoyed me as the night went on. I think I'm definitely spoiled with going to see Yes, and they don't really have opening bands at their stage of the game, so you just get right to whoever you're there to see. Shooting Star had three appearances on the Hot 100 between 1980 and 1989. Uh, I actually featured their first charting single, You've Got What I Need, on People Are the Enemy 227. That had a peak of number 76 on March 26th of 1980. Uh, They did play it that night. Uh, Their other hits included Hollywood, which peaked at number 70 on April 10th of 82. I'm sure they played that one. Um, And then they had a final hit in Touch Me Tonight, which made it to number 67 on December 2nd of 89. And and described by the band in the lead up to playing it as being a number two hit on MTV, kept from the top spot by Bon Jovi. I booed openly on Shooting Star's behalf, but didn't hear many in the crowd supporting them the way I did. Oh well. I believe that would have been on the show Dial MTV. Um, Anyone who used to watch MTV back then, let me know what that show was like or what the charts were like on MTV. All of their stuff, apart from You've Got What I Need and Touch Me, kind of ran together for me. The musicianship is definitely there. Um, A highlight was Janet Jameson on violin. And I looked up at the band members over the past. It seemed like she's been the only female member they've had so far, but she seems like a great addition to the group. The songs themselves tended to go on a bit too long without the real hooky hooks that you need for a pop rock song. 
When I got home, I read on Wikipedia that the drummer, Steve Thomas, was a founding member. And Dennis Lafoon on keys and bass has been with them since 89. The other three joined uh, in 2008 or later. My thoughts are that since they have one woman and four men in the band and they're from Kansas City, they should change their name to Four Jackson and Jill in loving memory of Mr. Fred Willard. After an intermission to switch out the setup, Little River Band took the stage. They kicked off with the haunting vocal intro to It's a Long Way There, the group's first charting single in the U.S. off 1975's self-titled debut. The album version is over eight minutes long, but they didn't stretch it out that long as they played it. Probably just did like the single edit. It's a Long Way There hit number 28 on December 4th of 76. And every other song in LRB's set, apart from the obligatory two songs of New Stuff, all of their other songs they played for us Friday night went top 16 or higher on the U.S. Hot 100. And those were all between 1977 and 1982. That includes one top five hit, Reminiscing, which made it to number three. Five top ten hits, Lonesome Loser and The Night Owls, both uh, uh, number six hits. Lady, Cool Change, and Take It Easy On Me all made number ten. And then The Other Guy, which hit number eleven. Two, which made it to fourteen. Help Is On Its Way and Man On Your Mind. And then a number 16 hit for them, Happy Anniversary. Apart from that set list, they did have two other top 40 hits. Uh, We Too, which made it to number 22, and You're Driving Me Out of My Mind, which hit number 35. Both of those were off of their seventh album from 1983 called The Net. And when I looked on Setlist FM to try to find find the track, the, the listing of the songs they had played that night, I noticed that one contributor from an earlier show had listed Uptown Funk as a separate song. And they really did, the band did go into a groove of the Uptown Funk uh, Bruno Mars hit. Um, and as I listened to your Driving Me Out of My Mind, the intro sounds a little bit like that. So I kind of almost wonder if maybe people react a certain way if they kick into your Driving Me Out of My Mind. I'm not sure. Um, since Setlist FM is kind of user contributed, it was a little spotty as to what was actually out there. Um, I would have been very happy to hear that one as well. Um, that's a fun song. Kind of a later, it has a disco groove to it, which is a little late for 83, but it's very enjoyable. Um, I also thought I heard the band kind of go into I Keep Forgetting at one point, which I would have also welcomed. And on Setlist FM, it, it mentions that they do some cover songs in their sets. N- not necessarily that night, but it, in the whole list of songs, it mentions them. Um, so in addition to the... 13 total top 40 hits that Little River Band had. They also had three more Hot 100 appearances. And I have to say, even a casual fan of 70s and 80s music, I think is going to know at least four to five of those songs. Like maybe you wouldn't know that they were by Little River Band, but you would have heard them on the the multi-decade mix formats of radio. The song I was most excited to hear was Night Owls which I shared with you on People Are the Enemy 249. Um, but, and so, but that's one that, despite it being a top 10 hit, uh, I don't think of hearing that on the radio. It's one that I've come to know since getting more into the charts and doing the, the research and such. Um, and so before the show, I was kind of thinking, you know, like, don't get your hopes up. Uh, but I needn't have worried because when the band came out to play that one, uh, one of the guitarists had a custom-made hand-painted owl guitar that he played just on that song 
And then later on, they had a pitch for that you could buy a mini owl guitar replica at the merch table. And I came to learn that the current lead singer and bass player joined the band right before the album that had Night Owls on it, and he sang lead on that one, so it kind of made sense that they would be sure to include that in the set. There was lots of singing along, but that was directed by the band. And I'm just curious what people's thoughts are on singing along during concerts. I think if people are, if the band is asking for it, that's great. You should go for it. Let me make something abundantly clear. I don't want to hear none of you drunk singing along the Thunder Road in my ear. I came here to hear the boss, not the shipping department at Circuit City. Hey, and I got a sock full of pennies who anybody, anybody thinks I'm joking. Who wants it? Who wants it? I have a memory of singing along to Starship Trooper at a Yes show in Chicago. As in, like, the whole audience singing along together. But that could be false. I think that if I if there was a Yes song that they directed us to sing along to, I think that one would be very fun. Um, or Roundabout, just because, like, everybody knows that one, and we could all sing along very easily. Um, unlike Shooting Star, there are no original members left in Little River Band. Uh, the longest tenured is uh, Wayne Nelson. That's the bassist vocalist I mentioned. Uh, he is from Illinois. He's been with the group since 1980. Um, he, he had opened up for Little River Band uh, with Jim Messina, and then the man, their management asked him to join, and he did. And he had a hiatus from 96 to 99, but other than that has been steady with the band. Everyone else had joined from 2004 and later on, and they all seemed to be American, and Little River Band was Australian to begin with. And when I was researching on Wikipedia, there's been this major ordeal on who has the rights to the name to the point where the Little River Band official site and Facebook page are blocked in Australia because they're just constantly getting hacked. And there's basically a big disagreement on who is Little River Band. Um, the last Australian in the group was Greg Hind, who was a guitar player and vocalist from 2000 to 2018. Overall, it was a very fun show. The crowd was into it, though I felt there was too much talking, and especially during the keyboard solo, which was incredibly disrespectful. I would go see them again, but I think it might be more fun at an outdoor venue or on a bill where they were like co-headlighting with an act of equal stature. Well, that's all the time for me this week. Thanks so much for listening. Back to you, Andy. Thank you, Rachel. Awesome stuff, as always. I had no idea Little River Band had so many hits I knew. My goodness. Uh, hey, just a, just a quick correction. Because I strive for accuracy... I said that that Talking Heads album was called More Songs About People and Food. It's more songs about buildings and food. Also, Tyler, the creator, has seven albums, not five. I don't know why I felt the need to correct those things. I don't know if anybody even noticed, but I figured uh, this is a good time to do that. Anyway, this has been episode 307 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Rachel from Des Moines. Happy Thanksgiving. We love you. Peace.